What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Vanguard Project. Jumping right into a, uh, a few announcements. Uh, the first thing, uh, if you haven't yet, please take a minute to hit the like and subscribe button. That half a second activity means the world to me, helps me get the show out there a little bit more, get some more exposure, and uh, quite honestly, gives me uh, some fancy little motivation when I see uh, some numbers popping in. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, Everly Stock for bringing you today's show. Uh, Everly Stock manufactures high quality outdoor tactical hunting equipment, um, pretty much everything ranging from hunting frames, day packs, assault packs, to a full line of camo clothing. Uh, one of my favorite pieces of hardware or gear is their Bruno hoodie. It's a super lightweight pullover designed to keep the sun off you. And uh, honestly, it's got me camo or wearing camo uh, out in public because it's so damn comfortable. Uh, check them out at everlystock.com or visit their retail store here in Boise and uh, let them know that Austin from the Vanguard podcast sent you. Now, I believe much of you, uh, my listeners, are uh, or are veterans or have been overseas serving in the Middle East. And uh, with everything going on right now, uh, I want to let you know that your service has meant something. Um, I've talked to several folks kind of over the past couple weeks, checking in, kind of doing some other interviews to make sure everybody's doing okay. And uh, I want you guys to know that, that your that your service has meant something, right? Whether that's preserving the peace state side, providing hope overseas, uh, making positive impacts uh, to those that you've come in contact with. I, I want people to know that, that their service is not lost because I think that with everything that's going on, right, there's, there's impacts that have maybe been unforeseen. So if you're struggling with these, whether that's because you're frustrated, lost, or whatever, please call someone, right? Now is the time to use uh, use some old adages and checking on your friends, right? Calling to make sure people people are doing okay because if you're not feeling yourself, right, you'd be surprised to know that you are not alone in those feelings. So um, if you feel the need, please please call someone, right? If you need just to call and vent or whatever, feel free to reach out to me. I would love to chat. Um, or if you feel the need to uh, get involved, um, please feel free to reach out too um, and I would be happy to get you connected. But, um, you know, going into today's episode and just with everything that's going on I feel that it's incredibly important to let people know that you know we're all in this in this together in the long run and so uh, without further ado we're going to jump into an awesome episode with Laura Zara it was a ton of fun interacting with her and having a conversation about um, kind of what she does how she got into it and kind of overcoming some of those challenges and kind of the crazy nature of life that she lives in so uh, with that being said uh, let's hit it is up everybody welcome to the vanguard project for those of you joining for the first time my name is austin jardine and uh, i'm just a dude that loves to chat and uh, get people stories the goal of sharing these stories is not only to uh, get the person on the other line or get their story uh, but hopefully relate to you all in a way that gets you excited about something give you a few tools to tackle life with uh, or generally just get you motivated to get after uh, whatever you're up to uh, with the, that being said, I'm talking with my hands. Laura and I are recording a little bit later in the evening. It's I think we're both a little frantic, kind of sitting down and, and hanging out. But I'm excited to talk uh, with Laura Zare today. So, Laura, how how are you? I think you're surviving just barely <laughs> with me. <too. laughs> totally. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's kind of like a nice little wind down to talk to you tonight. But it is. I think we've both been going a million miles an hour. So it's uh, it's good to sit down and have a reason to be in a seat right now. Nice. Though, you know. It's not not day. running around and hiking all over the place yeah it's so weird i'm like how do i 
just sit in one spot and not be sleeping. I'm excited <laughs> for the challenge. <laughs> so I'm like two speeds on and off. So uh, it's we're we're like approaching a middle ground. So let's 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 do this. Let's do it. Okay. All right. That works. So normally how I kick these off is is you know I know that you and I met briefly last year. We I've followed you. Kind of know what you do in general. For those people that might not know who you are and what you're up to. Do you mind just giving a, a quick summary and then we'll kind of jump into it? Yeah, this is always the hardest part for me. I, I still don't even know. Um, basically, I guess I'm calling myself at this point a backcountry and survival specialist. Okay. I really shy away from the word survivalist, even though I think that's what a lot of people would call me. Um, I'm basically just a crazy girl who likes being out in the middle of nowhere and getting herself into trouble and finding her way out. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I grew up in Western mass. I was a super normal kid and then things got weird and they've just kept getting weirder. And that's the way I intend to live the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> weird. Weird. Just so continuous more weird. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it get weird? I mean, if you grew up normal, right, whatever that might mean, how, how did you start into survivalist air quotes? I think I just, when I was out in wild places, which mind you wild places for me was the overgrown tobacco fields at the end of my house okay. or at the end of my street by my house. Um, it was kind of like when I was there, I felt like I could be myself. That was the one place I could really be me. And everywhere else, I felt like I was trying to be who everyone else wanted me to be. I mean, I think we all went through that to some extent at school. You want to fit in. I did not fit in anywhere. And I always was just kind of like the weird kid. But when I was in the quote woods, I felt like I wasn't weird anymore and I fit in and that's where I felt at home. And so I just tried to seek out more of that. And it was really just, I, you know, anytime I had free time, I was spending that in the woods and I was learning as much as I could just through observation. I didn't really know anyone who knew any skills, but um, I kind of was always seeking that out. And, you know, I learned one ed edible plant. I'd be so excited. And I was <laughs> this expert, but of course I wasn't, I still don't think I am, but, um, yeah, it was just like, kind of like the, the start of everything. And the older I got, the more I just tried to seek that out. And it was really college that I kind of went totally wild and just left my dorm room and built a shelter in the Arboretum at my school and lived there and <laughs> roadkill. And, you know, I'd go into class like unshowered for like a week after living in the, the woods there and like gathering acorns and roadkill and eating them. And, uh, it, it was a little bizarre. Like I definitely <laughs> think, well, I'm trying to imagine what that would have been like for a normal college student to observe. I had a very different college experience, I think than most kids, but, um, yeah, that I just was like, I don't know. It was like all these steps I started taking towards being really who I was and to not ever hiding that. Because I think, you know, the older I got, the more I realized I didn't, I didn't want to be a second rate version of someone else, you know, and I wasn't succeeding at doing that. I just wanted to like fully be myself and whoever was along for the ride cool and anyone else could, you know, deal with it. <laughs> so. did, did you have a hard time with that at all? I mean, like, I know that that's, that's been kind of a, a common theme, right? Is talking about people breaking out of kind of what they think is normal to do what they want to go do. I mean, you say, you say 
being in college and having somebody look at you and be like, maybe this is a little odd. Did you have a hard time like dealing with that? Or were you kind of like, fuck it, this is this is who I am? Yeah, I think definitely because I always just wanted to make everyone else happy. And I mm. think that was kind of my fatal flaw is that okay. I wanted to make everyone else happy, but I wasn't worried about making myself happy. So it was kind of at my own expense. And it got to a point where I was like, man, you know, it's exhausting and I could do well in school and I could have the job that I thought I should have, but I was never going to be satisfied and I was never going to be happy. And it just came to a, a point where I realized that, you know, I spent all this time worrying about everyone else, but I didn't spend any time worrying about myself. And it's not that I wanted to be selfish. It's just that it needed to be balanced and it needed to like, you know, in order to like make other people happy, I had to make myself happy at some point. And so, you know, I think ultimately where I landed was the best of both worlds. Cause I realized, you know, when I was totally who I was and when I was living in a way that like aligned with who I was and, you know, all my actions made sense to me and that I felt good about, and I was excited about it kind of, um, it made everyone else happy as well. And that I just created this entire reality in my head that was bullshit. And I was living by that and I didn't need to. So it was like total freedom, but yeah, there was struggle for sure. It was like feeling guilty for making myself happy. And that took a while to feel normal and okay. Okay. How did you do that? Because that's, that's, I feel a pretty important thing to look at. I mean, it was really ripping the bandaid off because I think there was this huge struggle and it was like, all right, cool. I would, I was living in the woods in school, but I still was getting straight A's and doing great in college. Right. So I was still really concerned. And I, it took me really assessing what was happening in my life and realizing that the entire reason that I was at school, which I obviously hated because I was trying to escape it by just like being like not in as much as I could. But the entire reason I was there was for everyone else. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. So I ripped the bandaid off by quitting college. And that was huge because that was a massive letdown to everyone else. And I knew that they couldn't see like the vision at the time that I kind of had for myself, but I didn't care because at that point it was like do or die. And I was like, I need to do something for myself. That's really just for me. That's not for me because everyone else is going to benefit too. And I can rationalize just joining along in that ride. Like it was solely for me. And I knew I was the only one who was going to get it. So I just jumped off the, the cliff. You know, I was like, I am just like, throwing myself into this crazy abyss and I don't know what's at the bottom. And like, it, it's just, it was better than I could have ever imagined, but man, it was terrifying at the time. Yeah. And I, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen and I didn't have an exact way I was going to get there. And I didn't entirely, to be honest with you, know what the eventuality of that was. I didn't okay. know what my end goal was. I just knew I was like chasing what made me happy in that moment. And I knew there had to be something else bigger out there than what I was seeing as my future. So um, yeah, it was definitely, it was a really tough moment, but I just had to do it and I had to commit to it. And that was the ultimate commitment that I could make at that point. (laughs) So when you made the commitment and you said, you said you kind of had a vision, did you kind of sit down and before you quit and were like, Hey, okay, this is, this is who I think I am. This is what I love. This is what I think I want to do. And I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to go for it. Did you, did you kind of sit down and think about that? Or was it just like, you know what? I know this isn't for me and I'm jumping in the deep end anyways. I think 
all of these things had been going on in my mind, like who I was and what I wanted to do and how I could get there and these ideas. But it was like my dirty little secret that I wouldn't even let myself think about in a way. <laughs> so it was yeah. like festering in the back of my mind, but I would never sit and be conscious about it. Like I would never sit and write about it because it was like, oh no, that's wrong. Like I had this weird Catholic guilt that followed me that I feel like you know, I was, it was really strange. I grew up Catholic and I'm not saying bad thing, but like, for me, it just made me feel like everything I did, I felt bad. Like <laughs> that I had real feelings. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but, um, it definitely kind of all came up. And I would say the course of a week, it just was like, I couldn't ignore it anymore. And it wasn't a conscious thing. And the moment that I made the decision, it was literally probably two hours later that I like marched into the office at school and was like, I'm quitting. And, uh, they actually gave me a medical withdrawal because they thought I was insane, which maybe really? <laughs> yeah, <they were> like, <laughs> like actually you know, like, super high grades. You're overpointing. Like you have a double major and a minor, like, what are you doing leaving? And I was like, I'm not happy. And they were like, well, like, wait, like, let's just like, you're not supposed to be happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you shouldn't be suffering. You know, that you're a college student. And I was like, no, I'm done. Like, I'm just done. And, uh, they just did not, they were like, you're going to regret this like medical withdrawal. And I was like, whatever you want to call it, I'm not coming back. And it it is the thing that I've done in my life that I'm the most proud of. And it was a turning point for me. And it's funny because like, I, I'm not, I don't think everyone should quit college. Like that's not my point, but for me personally, extremely personally, it was the most important thing I ever did in my life. And I am so proud of it. And I would never go back and I would never change that. And I'm so fucking glad that I finally did it because like I stood up for myself and I did what I knew was right for me, even when no one else understood and that meant so much to me. And like, it was like trusting myself, right. It was like, even when no one else had faith in me, I like had enough balls to trust myself. And that was huge. <laughs> how, so. how did you, man, this, this might get really intense and really personal. I might've already asked this in a different way, but how, how did you get to the point where you trusted yourself enough and had enough confidence in yourself to make that? Cause that's a big decision, right? Like yeah. that's, that is not easy. And that's, that's scary. How did yeah. you, how did you get to the point where you're like, I can do this. You know, honestly, I think it was just time spent alone with myself, which probably happened because I was, you know, I just didn't have anyone that really wanted to do the intense stuff that I was doing. And so it was like that time of being in situations at this point in time, I was literally sleeping out in this arboretum every night alone, you know, like sneaking off into the woods without a flashlight. So no one would see me like going back into like these like forest. It was so bizarre, but I, I like, I was terrified at the time. I didn't even grow up camping. So this for me is like a big deal to be like living out in these, you know, this, like, you know, in my mind, a wild place. And, um, it was just like through the years and through all the time I spent in situations like that, I learned to trust myself slowly. And I don't know, it was kind of just like, it wasn't that I, I don't want to say that I didn't trust anyone else, but I also realized that ultimately you know, other people were, weren't necessarily going to make decisions based off of what really was best for me, because it took me so much time to get to know myself to that level. I was like, how can these people really know what's best for me? And 
I've spent more time with myself than anyone. So if I don't trust myself to do that, like, how am I going to trust someone else to? So it was just kind of like a, you know, slow baby steps. And then it was like, I'm doing it. But to, to be, I mean, when I think about it now, I think maybe I didn't even fully, fully trust myself until I made that decision. And then it was like, I did that for myself. I know I have my own back as like cheesy as that sounds, but I was like, now moving forward, I know that's the way it's going to go. So, um, I can deal with whatever. Yeah. Awesome. So having made that decision and let's say somebody's kind of in that same spot now that they're trying to make a decision for themselves. What, what, what is something that you've learned or advice that you might have to, to push somebody over the edge? I think I always look at what the worst possible outcome could be. And if you can live with that. So in any situation I'm in, that's kind of how I deal with it is like, we get all emotional. We run down these rabbit holes and in all reality, like you have facts and then you have like the fears around those facts. So if you're like looking at what the actual facts are, that's one thing. When you look at the fears that you have, first of all, a lot of those probably aren't real at all, but even when you look at the worst fear of the worst possible outcome, if you know that you can survive and get through that somehow, even if you don't desire that outcome, then it's worth it. And, you know, my experience, all of these fears I have whenever I come to that crossroad and I have like a hard decision to make, most of the most, you know, the most horrific fears that I have around that are literally just that and they never happen. And it's just all in your mind. So I think that that's the, the biggest thing I would say is like, if you can deal with the worst potential realistic outcome and you'll still be okay and you're not hurting people that you love, like in a, a terrible way, then like do it because <laughs> really what usually ends up happening is the outcome's way better than you could have ever imagined. And I have found that to be true. And like the, the scariest, hardest decisions I made were the best, most important decisions that I made even if they sucked at the time or like were difficult. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm thinking about, about that, as you say that kind of relating to myself and there's been, I think recently, you know, a couple of times where I've talked about, you know, my experiences and stuff. And uh, you think about like, you know, oversharing for instance, and you're like, Oh man, could that, could that be bad? And you're like, well, no, it's, it's helpful or it's good. And the worst case scenario really ends up being like the best possible thing that, that could come yeah. from it. So, okay. It's so, weird. Yeah. It's super weird, but it's, it's really funny. Cause like, I don't know, it, it's crazy how, even if you, let's say you leave one community into another, or you're kind of in like that transition state between like jobs or school or whatever, there's always people out there that end up supporting you. So even though you might feel like you're on, on your own, like let's say moving into this survivalist type arena, it's like, there's a whole culture around that too. That'll catch you regardless, you know? So. Oh, always. And I mean, I think it's always the interesting points in time too, where I feel like people get to this state where they just feel like they don't have a lot or like, you know, they have like, I don't, for me, it's, it's when I'm in my darkest moments and I realize I have nothing to lose. I almost get excited at this point in my life. Cause I'm like, this is the point in time when I can create whatever I want. Like when yeah. you have nothing, you can build anything. And I think that's been super powerful for me to realize because man, like in those moments that are so hard and you just like, don't know how you're going to get through the next day, anything is possible. And I love that moment because it's absolute freedom and it's terrifying. And we're trained to be terrified of that, 
but it's like, man, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You have no, like, if you have no obligations and no commitments and no plan and no anything, like you get to listen to exactly like you get to like sit with yourself and realize like, all right, like I just need that spark. And once I have that spark, I follow it. And then shit's going to get crazy. And I think that's just a really important thing to remember in those moments. Cause man, I mean, I've, I've been in situations where I've literally just like, wow, you know, like I'm 35 and I'm starting from square one again, it feels like. And first of all, it never is square one, but it always ends up being like the start of something great if you let it be. And I think that's important too, is like, you have to be open to that being a possibility. That's yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever been to a point where I've um, not had anything to fall back on necessarily, but I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun to, to try and build it from, from nothing just to kind of experience it. Cause I've talked to a couple of folks that have started from nothing, right. Or, or they've been, you know, at a point where they've moved on from, you know, relationship, life, job, whatever. And they've literally moved with their debit card and that's all they had. And uh, it's, it's interesting because yeah, I feel like those people end up building some of the craziest empires or self stories or whatever you want to call it. So. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too, is like, even as I say it, like starting with nothing, it's like, you still have like what you, what you like came into it with, like whatever experience got you to that point of having nothing that's still valuable. And you still have that as a start. So, you know, like I've started again with no money. I've started again with no plan. I've started again with, you know, all of these things, like seemingly nothing, but at the same time, it was like, man, I still had the experience. It wasn't like my memory was wiped. Thank God. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's all relative and it's all perspective, I think. Yeah, no, that's fair. So when you left school, then did you go straight into kind of the, the survivalist mode or, or is there an intermediate step that, that got you here? I was teaching at survival schools. Um, and then I was traveling a lot. So I was, I didn't have any money. I was paying back my student loans. So I was working these jobs and then I was putting all that money towards the, the debt I had and I was hitchhiking and hopping freight trains and eating out of dumpsters and living off of roadkill and things I forage <laughs> and like, just making it all work somehow. And okay. so I didn't even know that survival was a word back then. Sure. I just knew that I was going to figure out how to live without any sort of tethers and without any need for money. And I just figured like, I'm going to throw myself in the fire and I'm going to figure it out because I've always performed well under pressure So the ultimate pressure is kind of throwing yourself into a situation where if you don't find a way to succeed, you're going to die because you're not going to have food and you're not going to have water and you're going to freeze to death. So (laughs) like, I'm going to step up to the plate. I'm going to learn some shit. Right. So I just like threw myself in and was like, all right, Laura, like, let's see what you can do. Like climb out, like do it. And it worked. And I'm, I think some of it was luck and a lot of it was persistence and just like not having quit in me and just wanting to, you know, at the very most basic level, just survive. And the more I, you know, I think that was when I really built trust in myself and really started like realizing that I was capable of more than I knew. And every time I pushed that boundary a little bit further out, it got further away. And so I had to push it a little bit further the next time. And it just kept escalating and escalating. And, um, you know, I think that's just 
that's what I mean when I say I want to keep pushing that boundary of, of weirdness. It's like, I just, I want it to keep getting crazier and crazier and crazier because I'm addicted to it at this point. Like I, I am way more comfortable when I am uncomfortable at this point in my life, because I love that moment of being like, Oh, like I'm going to remember this one. Like it's getting real. So I, I just like chase that. (laughs) So how do you, how do you chase the boundary? Right. If it keeps moving. Right. I mean, is there ever a point where you get to it and you're like, yeah, okay. I probably shouldn't do this or hard pass and, and stop. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and I think I've gotten, (laughs) I've gotten like wiser as far as, you know, some of the stuff I did when I was young, I didn't even know how much I was pushing that limit. Um, as far as like my own actual death being in the near future. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I think I'm smart, but I also think that the extremes that I can take it to and still be pretty safe, um, has, is keeps growing. So it's just like further and longer and harder. And like all of these things just keep growing. Um, but as my skill level grows, I don't think it's like necessarily getting, more dangerous. I mean, I think just by the odds of me being in, in places and situations I'm in, there's inherent danger, but I also think driving a car is inherently dangerous and I'm way more likely to die doing that than I am most of the stuff I do. So I think it's all relative. And I think, um, it's just looking at things I've done and when it gets easy for me, it gets, it gets repetitive. It gets boring. And I, I'm like, all right, how can I make this more challenging? And I always find a way. There's always a way. Yeah. Okay. So I, when I think of, when I think of like the survivalist stuff and kind of going out, I think bushcrafting, right. Going out with canvas sack knife, kind of the whole kit and caboodle ready to go set up a tent. That's not exactly your game. Right. Right. And like, I've done all that and mm-hmm. you know, it was cool, but, and I, and I love, you know, I think survival to me is just, it doesn't always mean putting yourself in those situations intentionally. Like when I'm going out now, unless I'm specifically doing it to teach or show some someone something like I'm going out with my backpack and I'm bringing food and I'm bringing like, you know, all the things I would need, but it's like, I have earned that I think. And I know that if something goes wrong and I'm out there and I lose everything, you know, like I'm caught in a raging river and I have to drop my pack. And I have, I have nothing. Like, I know I'm going to be fine. Like, I'm just not going to be as comfortable as if I had anything else, but right. I've like pushed those boundaries enough. So to go and repeat things where I'm like putting myself in a situation and like crafting things over and over again, like to me, that's just boring at this point. I, I know what I'm capable <laughs> of. So I just like, I don't need to go and, and prove that to myself anymore. It's more like the exploration part of it and the encountering wild things in wild places. That is more what gets me excited these days. Yeah. So I just, I love that. I love getting out in places where no human wants to be. Which sounds really intense. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. And, and being alone, you know, I think being alone for long periods of time is one of the most incredible things I've ever done because well, out that far too is probably surreal in and of itself. Oh, it is. And it's, it's amazing. Cause most of the stuff I've done, like long trips, no communication with other people. Like I don't, you know, like I have, I, at this point in time, I do have like an in-reach Garmin device. Mm-hmm. I usually bring that when other people are going to be around in case something happens to them. But when I'm out alone, I feel like 
in a weird way, I'm more safe when I don't have it with me. Cause I'm like, not, I know there's no lifeline. Yeah. That makes sense though. You're extra careful. I'm, I'm more careful, but also what it does psychologically to me is amazing because you know that you're alone and you know that if something happens to you, it is you who relies on you. And like, you're just with your thoughts. And if you get like lonely and you have a a button to press and talk to someone, like you're going to do it. Whereas if you just don't have that, then you, you sit in your own shit. And so if you, I think of it as like, (laughs) like if I have like demons in my closet, like they're going to come out and I'm going to have to face them. And I love that because that's like a whole new level of like pushing yourself. I think it's like dealing with that, which is like way scarier than any survival situation is like what's going on in your own brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you had to learn to cope with that? I mean, cause at one point in my life, I couldn't have done that. Like I had a hard time driving to work cause I had all my own demons going on. Mm-hmm. Have you had to learn how to like handle what oh, goes absolutely. on between the years? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know? And I think like, I, I mean, by all means, like I don't have it all figured out and there's still parts of my brain. I don't understand. I have like a horrific phobia of vomit and I don't even (laughs) know why, like I can't cute, but like, I'm not really scared of anything else. And all of my fear is hyper-focused on vomit. And I've been trying to make myself puke for years and I can't do it. So that doesn't like, sound even, healthy. <laughs> no, it's not like I had food poisoning a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, man, I'm so jealous of everyone getting to puke it all out. And I'm stuck here, like literally heaving for four <laughs> hours. But I can't have their sleep and vomit. So like, whatever, like the mind is an incredible place, but I think, you know, just even like those like ups and downs and highs and lows and like your worst, like, like your deepest fears about like life and success and love and you know, all of those things, like they'll just gnaw at you. And I think it was happening before and I just didn't realize it. I think we all have that little voice that always kind of plays in our head. We're not really aware of it, but then when you're alone and you don't have distractions, you can no longer pretend it's not there. And so sitting in that and just being like, what is that? And not being scared to to kind of just like be in a dark spot. And I think it's also that you don't have to feel accountable to put on a happy face and be like, oh, how was your day? It was good. Yeah, great. You know, you can just like sit in it and no one's going to bother you and no one's going to ask about it. And you, you really understand what it is. And then like, it's kind of like, you know, a metaphor for the survival situations I was going through. I was like, all right, I'm just going to throw myself in and figure out how to work, work it out. And you know, luckily I did, but it, it definitely wasn't comfortable, but that's become another kind of discomfort that I love because again, I've proven to myself over and over again that I can climb out of it. So, yeah. so I, you know, I keep pushing the edges and it's just like another wilderness. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I, yeah, I like that. I've learned that over the years too, that, you know, even, even if you have to put on a happy face, sitting, sitting with whatever you're thinking about goes, it works wonders. It's not fun. It's not fun, especially when it's in a dark place, but it it, it helps. So did you, uh, so when you started doing all this, you said you didn't really have, you didn't, you didn't grow up camping. You didn't have any like skills necessarily to go do all of these things. Were you like YouTubing it up, reading books, going to classes and learning how to do all of it? Or was it all it was all before YouTube. It was like way before any of that. So there was no Google, there was no YouTube. Like I literally would get books in the library that I would, you know, borrow and, and I would kind of just figure out, like, I'd like have like plant guidebooks and, you know, I had a 
professor in college um, who's an anthropologist and he helped me a great deal. And um, working with him and just like kind of gleaning information off of him because he he had extensive real real knowledge, not just theoretical knowledge. So that was super useful. Um, and then just traveling and meeting people and um, trial and error, I think, was my biggest teacher. But yeah, I, I, it would have been great if there was like how tos and YouTubes and all <laughs> those things. But I, I'm kind of glad I didn't have it, honestly, because I failed before I got anything. So that was really nice. Yeah. Now I know every way to fuck something up. <laughs> now you can write your own books and how to's on how to go do everything. Right. right. And, and honestly, I mean, it's so awful and I'm not like pointing fingers or anything, but I've read a lot of books and I've seen a lot of information out there that I'm like, that will straight up kill you. Like this person has never done that. Like it is not right. And it's shocking. Some of the misinformation that's out there. What, so what's the dumbest thing you've done that has almost killed you? Oh God, which one? How do I even pick? Um, I mean, I think just at certain times, um, well, I think what underestimating water, I'm a really strong swimmer and I was always just like, Oh, I'm really comfortable in water. I'll be fine. But wild water is different and you cannot underestimate it. And back when I used to it, it, I mean, I've definitely had some close calls, just, you know, Creek crossings, river crossings, um, even being in the ocean to some extent, like it'll kick your ass and there's nothing, I don't care how strong of a swimmer you are. Like there's certain situations that wrong place, wrong time, you will die. So yeah, yeah that's probably the biggest one. <laughs> What's the most random skill then that you've got that you're like, man, I didn't know this would come, come in handy out in the backcountry. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I, Wow. I, I mean, pain tolerance. <laughs> I usually walk, like I walk my toenails off. It's kind of like a joke with everyone who knows me at this point that like, I'm going to like make people toenail necklaces as mementos. Cause like every year I shed my toenails. <laughs> <laughs> um, just like learning to like compartmentalize physical feelings and not let them emotionally destroy me. Like that is kind of, I feel like my superpower is I can take things like insects or, um, pain that I know, you know, I think pain's useful to some extent, some pain is just annoying and I can take that and compartmentalize it. And that's a huge skill. Okay. It's an interesting one. That's a good one. That's a good one. So after you got really kind of full fledged into the survival stuff, how did you, how did you turn that into a career? Because is that, is this all you do now? And I mean, thank you for assuming I have a career. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think there's never really been a plan, but it's always unfolded and there's always been a way. And I think okay. that's the beauty of the world we live in right now is that, I mean, I feel like I just get to share what I'm doing. The brilliance is that I don't require a lot to live and I know I can really live with nothing. So I'm like very minimal in what I need. And, um, you know, if I was in it to make lots of money, I think there are definitely ways that I could. And I've also been really careful to not sell my soul because there's plenty of people who are willing to buy it. So that's been huge for me is like the things that work for me morally, I'm, I'm great. And oftentimes that comes and I can get paid to do what I love, but you know, I don't, I don't like, have some kind of, uh, price where I'm willing to just give away everything I've worked so hard for. Cause it means way too much to me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Have you had a hard time kind of defining that for yourself and saying, Hey, this is who I am and how I want to kind of conduct myself? No, I just trust my gut. I think I really learned that hitchhiking. It was like, anytime I ever went against my gut, (laughs) it was the only problems I ever had. So I just like sit with it and I just trust whatever my gut feeling is on it. And if it feels dirty and gross, it probably is. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's a good hitchhiking story. There. Oh, there's plenty. Oh <laughs> God. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely, I mean, man, like whenever someone would pull over, I would always ask them the same thing. I would say, you know, Hey, like, where are you going? Like, what's your plan? And instead of telling them where I wanted to go and it would let them talk for a second. And I would have about 10 seconds of interaction before I made the decision to get in the car. And in that time, it gave me enough space to make like a really quick decision. And every single time it was right, whether I chose to get in the car or not. And like, anytime I went against the feeling, it, it was still a right feeling and I just fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I have never hitchhiked. I commend you. And I, I don't think that I could do that. <laughs> I mean, people, I learned that people are generally good and overall it made me believe in humanity again, but there's always, you know, there's always the, the outliers and everything, right? Yeah. Sleazy, creepy, weird people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, awesome. I mean, plenty of those, but but overwhelmingly amazing humans. Yeah. And I can awesome. say that from like 10 years of hitchhiking. So I think I have- 10 like years? A, oh yeah. Yeah, I have like a pretty good, um, you know, data list to tip from. <laughs> a pretty good gut feel. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, is there anything that you feel, you know, over the years that you've learned that- you know, whether that's pain tolerance, um, getting into the survival stuff, quitting school that you're like, man, this is something I've learned. That's super important that I never get asked, or I don't feel like I've been able to share very well that you think's important to, to get out there now. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think really, like, I think that we're just so scared of failure in our culture in general. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that like failure is one of my favorite things as well. Cause that's where I've learned the most. And that's where like I've grown the most and that's what's led to the best outcomes for me. So I just think that if everyone realized that they could reframe like whatever the hell is happening to them, like there's a way to take whatever perceived failure, failure that you're going through and to turn it into something way better than you can ever imagine. And if people could just like know that, I think it would really, it would change everything. Um, Cause you don't have to just be a victim to that failure. Like you get to decide what you make of it. And that's the, that's the power that you have. So I think that's, that's a really important one I learned. Okay. That's awesome. And uh, you're, what you're doing, or I guess, what are you up to now with your show? We'll plug that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm basically just like trying really hard to self-film my life, which is awesome and fun and like a new learning experience for me. It's like, this is how I push, push my boundaries now is trying to learn how to use technology because I'm a train <laughs> but, um, but it's super fun. So I have a show on carbon TV called decivilized. 
Um, it's like free on the internet. If you just search carbon TV, decivilized, it'll come up and it's just me, um, kind of sharing some of what I've learned. And it's like my experiences thrown in and it's, it's, um, it's all over the place like me. So it's, <laughs> it's great in that regard. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun to film and I'm, I'm stoked to see how it, how it grows. Cause it's authentic and it's real and it's me being like goofy and ridiculous and bringing people along for the crazy ride. So, yeah. and first episode, I watched it yesterday i think and it was it was how not to die and it was like it was perfect because it was like don't be a hero basically i think i heard that that and yeah. then i was like it's clever yeah totally <laughs> i mean and now i have to try to listen to my own advice because you know i'm older and wiser now <laughs> <laughs> awesome well i am out of questions is there anything that, that you want to cover feel like maybe we missed a little bit no, I think, I think you did a great job of, of hitting all the points. So thank you for that. You, yeah. you, good ones in there. So I enjoyed it. <laughs> good. Well, I'll leave you alone. I'll let you get some sleep, but I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Well, I hope you all enjoyed Laura's episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun having having a conversation with her, learning a little bit more about how she got into it and uh, kind of overcoming uh, maybe a little bit of the weirdness as far as being like the college person that likes to run out into the woods in the middle of the night. Uh, but with that being said, um, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Maybe we learned a couple things and maybe got some uh, good insight on how to uh, tackle whatever it is that you want to go do in life. Um, I'll link both her Instagram and uh, the Carbon TV um uh, series in the episode description. So if you're interested, please, please go check that out. Uh, like I said, I did watch it and it was a lot of fun on how not to die and uh, how not to be, how not to be a hero. Um, but otherwise, I hope you all have a great day and we'll catch you later in the week. Hey guys, it's Erica, Austin's wife. I don't know about you, but when Austin and I are on the road, we are quick to get hungry and hate getting greasy food. We typically put off getting food, which often leads to Austin getting hangry, annoying, and more obnoxious than normal. This ends with us having to stop and get something before he randomly goes missing. With that being said, Mountain Primal Fuel Sticks are the prime candidate to curb the hunger, stave off him being an asshole, and give me a reason to shove a meat stick down his throat. Use Vanguard for 15% off MountainPrimal.com.